Hello, Tom. It's been a while since we've been able to talk about not only a United victory, but in an important game and with an intensity of performance we haven't seen in months, years. Yeah, maybe years. I've definitely never been on the pod as happy as I am right now. Oh, man, it was just, it was exhilarating, actually. Yeah, it was, yeah. I jumped up and celebrated the United goal with more gusto than had been for some yeah. time, i tell you that. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. we've it, not had many good times lately at all. No, none so at all. None at all. It's like, been... it, yeah, it feels, it feels different. It really does. It's been very hard to get out of the kind of negativity around the club, not only you know mm. performances on the pitch, but the nonsense that's, that's been happening in the transfer market, issues around Glazer ownership, protests outside the stadium, all of that. It's been really hard to get out of a ne- negative cycle. But I don't know what Ten Hag put in the, the tea this week, but he had them working. I mean, let's, let's, let's start at the beginning, shall we? Big team news. Ronaldo, Maguire, Shaw, all dropped. And rightly so, I think. Mm. I think you look at that team and you think, wow, that's exciting. That really excited me seeing that team. It was the team I'd have wanted to play, but I think a lot of managers previous wouldn't have played it that we've had. Oli certainly wouldn't have played it. But I think Randick tried a couple of times in, to not play Ronaldo, but to, to then drop Maguire as well, captain, who you've made captain at the start in pre-season and you've kind of stuck by a little and mm-hmm. I think the t- two huge moves I think the sure one was a little bit easier because Malassi was so good against Brentford but yeah it, it, re- it really made me excited before the game but it also came with a lot of bravery and courage because you know the doubters and the naysayers w- were sharpening their knives waiting to go yeah United have lost again and why did he drop Ronaldo why did he drop Maguire why did you drop mm-hmm. his captain you knew that all that was coming Piers Morgan I saw on Twitter was like I know we never listened to Piers Morgan but he unfortunately speaks the same as what a lot of people speak and and he was like like sharpening his knives in, in advance and a lot of people would have been so it was brave yep. and brave but exciting yeah it was brave although in in a sense he had no choice Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, if United had lost playing this team or lost playing the, the more established players, he'd have been in for a lot of criticism and the pressure would have piled on. It'd have been three defeats to start the season. And even though he's new and got some bank of credit, he'd have been under just immense pressure already. And and so this has turned it all around and, and he did it with a style of performance that that as I said, we just haven't seen for so long with with United like at it early on, flying into the tackles. Mm-hmm. Martinez was just aggressive and everything he hasn't been for the last couple of games where he was sort of tentative and making mistakes mm-hmm. and everyone wants to talk about his physicality. Well, physicality today mm-hmm. was mega, wasn't it? He may be short in size, but he, uh, he's he got the Argentinian inside of him. Sorry he to really bring does. out the cliche, but he really does, doesn't he? Uh, and a and, bit of Pete Heinzer at times. I did a little bit, didn't he? Yeah. But with more control than, well, yes. more control than Pete Rojo, anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We like an aggressive left-footed Argentinian defender, don't we? But but he kind of set some of the tone, I thought. And mm. Malasia was all over the place and... Bruno was flying into tackles and yeah, everyone was, it was n- not without purpose, but with a lot of intensity, the press was on. And, and in a sense, to play in the way that United did, he had to drop Ronaldo. That's obvious. Yeah. 
and Maguire, well, it's, it's slightly different in that he could probably have got away with his system with Maguire in that United were very deep for a lot of the time. But Varane obviously just gives a level of competence and security at the back that Maguire hasn't ever been able to do at United. Yeah, I think across the board it was it was controlled aggression. And the good thing about, like you say, like you Bruno and, and Martinez, you love to see that type of player also being so aggressive because Martinez is so good on the ball and that helped us so mm-hmm. much. Like does, he, yeah. He moves the ball so fast and so cleanly. And out from the back, like Maguire's decent-ish on the ball, but then you compare him to Martinez and it's complete night and day. Like, mm-hmm. if a ball goes into Martinez, he can play a one-touch around the corner, he can play a, a diagonal without taking a touch before, and it's it's opening up the pitch for us. It, it sets the tone so much. Like, well, there are a lot of concerns, I guess, about Martinez. I mean, there's been loads of people talking about his height, but you see how much he brings to the game today. Obviously, in a defensive sense, like that, like you say, Argentinian Argentinian passion, which was just beautiful. Like I say, controlled aggression, diving out to make that block in the second half. That was, or maybe it was the first half, but it was amazing to see. But then also his ability on the ball, like from what we saw today, it was like an all-round package performance it was just you, you can't get much better than that own event defensive performance apart from that obviously little mistake he made when De Gea tipped one around the corner but yeah it, he was superb I thought yeah he was and and then you can see in that why Ten Hag was so keen to bring him to the club mm-hmm. now there'll be plenty of games this season where his his height will be called into question again yeah. and I do think he's very active as a result and and I more than just his height and people are jumping him, the fact that he has to be so aggressive is a bit of a problem. And sometimes you want to work the space, not the player all the time, but he, he doesn't do that. But with the ball, you can just see him being left-footed opens the pitch up and he can take on riskier passes than Maguire would do. But it's actually less risky because he's competent enough to pull mm. it off. So I think that helped United because obviously we're in a lot of pressure in terms of possession, I mean, Liverpool had 70% possession, but but they weren't, obviously, the goal and one where Bruno tried to clear it and it smacked Martinez in the yeah. sort of underarm as that. Dave made a good save going to his right, didn't he? But mm-hmm. it wasn't really desperate times for most of the match. This was like, dare I say it, but this was Oli Ball. This was defend was, deep and then break fast. <laughs> I did feel similar for sure, and like you say, like it wasn't it wasn't a lucky win. Like Ericsson had that free kick, which Allison saved superbly. That was a, an immense yeah. save. We had we even had that chance at the end where Martial maybe could have taken it round the keeper. We had a Lange at the post at the start. There was another great save from Rashford from Allison. Yeah, like we had the better chances throughout, so it wasn't like we were backs to the wall. Like you say. It might have been 75% possession or, or whatever it ended up being in the end. But that was, it didn't really look like Liverpool were going to score that much. And that's me saying that it's like the most, when United are 2-0 up, like you feel so negative, like you feel so nervous. But I didn't feel like they were going to score that much. I think I, it was obviously a feeling inside of me. And then when they went to 2-1, I was like, oh God. But again, after that, I didn't feel... Like terrified, which I sometimes am yeah. in these kind of games. 
I mean, it, it was certainly calculated risk to to bring Fred on and then to take Ericsson off and just go a little bit more defensive, I mm. guess. But they they defended really well. I mean, they 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 played quite narrow defensively, and they made the right kind of decisions. Uh, it helps that uh, like Wambazaka, Maguire, Lindelof, and Shaw aren't in there because all of them <laughs> panic. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, Malasia seems. I mean, he seems like an all-round package. Mm. I don't know if he, one part of his game is excels more than the other, but he he's comfortable getting forward, isn't he? A lot, a lot of energy and seems like defensively competent. That helps as well. Yeah, yeah. I thought so, I thought he was awesome tonight. Actually, like I thought he just stuck by his man so tightly in a way that Shaw wouldn't be. Shaw wouldn't be that aggressive and tight on his man, which right. I, I think I think in times that that might like similar like you to say to about Martinez that that might come back to hurt, hurt him a little bit later in the season but based on just the performance there I thought he was awesome and in possession he didn't do anything extraordinary but he did what was needed of him today and he kept the ball well I thought for a first start in the Premier League and first obviously start at home like I thought he was class like I th- you, you couldn't really expect more of more of a especially how much we got him for 15 mil yeah, back. that's really. Solid. I know. It almost like looks like United have a sensible, coherent transfer policy. Except, of course, we know that that was all <laughs> Eric <laughs> Ten Hag's doing, and mm. nothing to do with the recruitment department. Yeah, no, and uh, it will be hard for sure to get back in the team now. Mm. For sure, you see him looking on the sideline, him and Maguire next to each other, with the World Cup coming up in three months, and you must. They must be thinking, well, I hope these guys get injured because that's, that's the only way we're getting back in at this point. <laughs> yeah. Well, very true. And and t- talking at links to the World Cup, I mean, yeah, should talk a little bit about Rashford and Sancho tonight, mm. neither of whom look like they'll be going to the World Cup because, I mean, his form hasn't been awesome for United, but also just Gareth Southgate seems to hate him for some yeah. unknown reason. And and Rashford, because he hasn't scored in 17 games before this and his, <laughs> his form has been terrible for two years, but they were used in the right way today. And coming back to Oli Ball, United were prepared to go quite direct. I mean, yeah. at least the... Use attack space, which I think Rashford often doesn't do very well. He actually goes into the crowded areas. And then Sancho, very controlled, technical, used space well, used players well around him. And obviously a fabulous opening goal for him. Just great piece of technique and skill to to turn a crowded goal into an open goal. Yeah, that kind of summarises him. He's he's so level-headed in the final third. And in the box, like sometimes I think to his detriment, he's almost a bit too casual at times. He needs maybe to be a bit more aggressive and assertive. But here, it was just he was just so super composed, like a lot more composed than Allison was, like diving to his left. And yeah, it obviously just made them all look silly. But like he he has got that in his locker, and it's it's a it's a real asset to have. I thought Rashford was actually awesome today as well. Like that was Rashford. Pretty near back, near back to his best in in many ways. Like you, you don't see. There's probably not many performances where he did perform as well as that. Like I think that bit where he beat three players. I think that they were all very tentative tackles from from the Liverpool perspective. But and then he flashed that shot over. Like that's that was yeah. the Marcus Rashford we all know and love really. And he he was running. He, I know running shouldn't be seen as being some amazing incredible thing but it's not something that he's always done he just he just looked so on it everyone looked on it but 
yeah, I, I think sometimes, well, there's parts of me thought we may, may never see that of Rashford again, but we saw it tonight. And if he can, if he can take that to, to for full for the next two or three months, I don't see why he can't get back in that England squad. Because he's, yeah, he's, he's, I mean, he's got something, something different completely well. different. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure if he's in good form that Southgate will want to take him because, I mean, he's got obviously got that pace and directness that perhaps he won't get from some of the other forwards. Anyway, yeah, I could care less about England. <laughs> I yes. won't talk about United. And <laughs> brilliant opening golf, Sancho, just great composure and skill. And then Rashford, I mean, I, I imagine if you took a, were able to take a poll of the 76,000 people inside our Old Trafford, not too many of them would have had confidence in Marcus putting that away, giving Allison the eyes and putting it in the near post. So I, I hope that's a sign of things to come. I can't can't say it is for sure because it's those kind of those kind of well, it's, that's not the whole problem with Marcus. Clearly, there's there's bigger problems than just his finishing. But but great finish today, especially he's asked to play a different role. Yeah. It's not like he's getting out on the left and cutting inside and coming in to a crowded box and then running into blind, blind alleys. He was asked to run into channels and to make space for balls over the top and to try and give Van der Vaart a, a, a problem. Because, you know, he covers the ground great, Van der Vaart, but he can't cover all the ground. And and those are the things that Marcus excelled at today. And a great finish as well, which is just perfect. I think sometimes as well, it's easier for those types of players to play in these types of games because there's a lot more space in behind where he is most dangerous. Like you say, sometimes when he's running into blind alleys against deep blocks, it's 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 not really his game. Whereas, especially when he first came through, you think about that goal against City, one of his first early ones, just running in behind Demichelis. Like, that is kind of his at him at his best so in this kind of game it kind of was suited for him like in the same ways when he scored two against Liverpool kind of two in into the space behind cutting in and shooting like and at his best as well he's always been a fantastic finisher there was always that talk about oh he's finishing too well he's outperforming XG by so well blah, 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 blah. obviously it was always going to catch up with him a little bit but he took his it took his goal so so well and it just encapsulated his whole performance I I felt like he was going to score that. Like I, I think in another game I definitely wouldn't. But just based on his performance today, it just felt like he was going to score. And I think also maybe Allison left that door open a little bit too much because it yeah. did look like the, the goal was gaping there, it made it a little bit easier. But yeah, so good for him, and hopefully he can, can take it on a little bit. Yeah, I mean, Allison's great in one-on-one situations. So mm-hmm. normally he's very imposing, isn't he, as, as a keeper? So yeah, good for Marcus. I mean, one thing that did come to mind thinking about this game and just how intense United were for like almost all of it. It was really only the last ten minutes that they dropped really, really deep and just tried to defend. But it's like they've been capable of this, like mm-hmm. all this time. They've been capable of this. Yeah. And so, where has it been? <laughs> mm-hmm. And and I'd I'd like to, I'd like to be well. I was going to say fly on the wall of the dressing room, but I don't know whether they'd be capable of articulating it or not. But inside the minds of some of the players who just felt like they couldn't be asked, is that too reductive? I I mean, it feels like it. And then come out with this kind of performance. I don't think it. I don't know if it is too reductive. I think when you kind of get into that mindset of just it's kind of this is the way I play and sometimes I think especially when players are that much technically better than the opposition 
you get into your mind whereas maybe i don't need to be intense maybe i can i can win this game and try and, and save myself a little bit f for a tougher one or or i can go at this yeah a little bit half measured or maybe i'm better when i'm a little bit calmer and i'm a little bit more composed and when i play at intensity i find it harder to to perform which i think sometimes united do when they do play it in intensity because we sometimes haven't got the technical players to be able to play at an intense level like you think of fred and mctominay sometimes they give the ball away very easily when they try and play too fast whereas today it did work but we also had more technical able players in in the team with martinez and varan and ericsson like ericsson i thought especially in that first half was awesome at, at getting us out of that, our final third and getting into theirs just just and the same with martinez just one one touch passing to to break lines and to, and to set the guys free i thought also mitomane was really good today at times obviously he looks really like sluggish on the ball and gives it away a lot but he, he was very good today and I think also the coaching is just going to help in that regard and you, th you think that United should be playing at intense level in training but I, by all accounts we, we weren't under Oli and, and Randick and you see Ten Hag on the, tra on the training ground and wanting that intensity and it's going to make them better mm -hmm. footballers as well so when they when they do translate what they're doing in training to the pitch they will do it at a more intense level and that's what obviously all the big clubs do so why can't we do it yeah i mean he is the tracksuit manager isn't he ten hag him mm -hmm. he wants to be uh on the training field he wants to be leading sessions he has a very clear idea of what he wants and we've seen those clips of him stopping training in order to give instructions to players it's it there's well, <laughs> I mean, he's gone old school sometimes, making them run yeah. 13.8 kilometres or whatever it was after the the previous game against Brentford. But then he's switched up training. It's not all about the rondos. It's, the, you know, yeah, anyway, he knows he knows what he wants. I think he knows how to get there. And the question is whether these players would respond. And if you're talking about attitude, like it looks like Malassia and, and Martinez who've come into the side... They've got the right thing there, yeah, haven't they? Hundred percent. I mean, Malassia of... celebrating after the game was giving it some as well, which he yeah, loved to see. And when Martinez made that block, the diving block, and he's getting up yeah. and high fiving his teammates and stuff, I love that. I love it when because you see that a lot in, in like Italy, and I think Thiago Silva's big for it as well. Like Kimpembe, I've seen do it quite a bit as well. And I just, I know it doesn't really mean that much, but I love it when a defender loves defending. And they they just yeah. they they just love nothing more than winning a tackle or making a block or or the keeper making a save and they go and celebrate with the keeper. I, I love that, and I think it also brings togetherness, a team spirit when when you have that kind of lust for defending. Yeah, and yeah, it's and and Malassia had it as well today, and you don't see that with Shaw and Maguire. Like you don't see that same no. intensity, that want to defend, that will to defend, that love for defending. I mean, it's a, it's a good question about both of them, really. I mean, because they've been part of a, a failure. That's Shaw and Malassia, that is. That's Shaw and Maguire. Maguire. I'll get his name right eventually. <laughs> <laughs> Ari, big head, slab head. We, we haven't seen that level of intensity from them for a while. Shaw's basically had one good season in the seven he's been at the club, and that was when there were no crowds mm. there to get on his back. That's interesting. 
Harry Harry just never looked like he fit the system that, especially the system that Ragnick and Ten Hag wanted to play high up the pitch. He might have fit a Mourinho system if Mourinho had got him the summer he wanted him. Mm-hmm. Sure, for sure. But I mean, it's it is hard to see a route back. Of course, like saying. Varane is going to be fit all season, or that Malaysia first mm. season in the Premier League can play all the games. They're big, they're big asks. Mm-hmm. So hey, never, never say never. But if I was both of them, I'd be thinking, hmm. And if there really is an offer from Chelsea on the table mm. from Maguire, whether it's money or a swap, I'd be tempted on both ends, wouldn't you? It's like it feels like a Tuchel type player. Actually, he does like to play the kind of more standard backline, whether it's a four or a three, not too, not so high up the pitch. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that's getting on to other things, I suppose. But it does. True. Today's performance definitely brings those questions to mind. It does, and and I guess we, it's it's hard not to get carried away at this moment when you see such yeah. a, such an upturn in performance. It's not just the win; it's it's just watching United in that four nil battering, which we just didn't expect in preseason. We didn't expect that to be continuing into this in this era. And then to come back eight days later and beat Liverpool with that type of performance, it's it's hard not to get carried away and think this is this is possible. This is this can happen under Ten Hag. This yeah. can be fruitful. Plus, also six goals to one in our last two performances against Liverpool. I'm count- mm-hmm. I'm counting the Bangkok Super Cup, <laughs> Super Century <laughs> Cup, Century Challenge Cup. We got into our heads over there, didn't we? Definitely, yeah. Klopp's losing it. <laughs> yes. Where are they in the league? Uh, bottom three? No, not oh, quite. Below us. Yeah. yeah, not quite. Just outside the bottom three. Under pressure. Mm. Cracked badge. It is. Uh, yeah, <laughs> need crack the, badge the full time. Yeah. Crack badge FC. I, I did briefly catch an interview with the Ten Hag on the pitch side, the Sky Sports coverage with the Roy Keane and Carragher and the Gary Neville on the pitch. Dropping the F-bombs, Ten Hag. Oh, good, good talking about passion. Yeah, Excellent. Love it. <laughs> I, I'm not sure you need to. I mean, it's past kids' bedtime, isn't it? Isn't it? You don't really need to be apologising. It's football as well. Oh my Come god! On. I was watching the. Sorry, quick side note, but I was watching the boxing on on Saturday night. It was, uh-huh. it was past. It was past twelve o'clock, and Anton Joshua's swearing on TV on Sky Box Office. Yeah. After and then they're apologising for for him saying F N L when you've literally been watching two guys smash each other around the head for an hour and a <laughs> half. Yeah. And it's also quarter past 12 on Skybox office. Like you don't need to apologise. I mean, I think if you're watching two guys bash each other, bash the crap out of each other, you, yeah. can, you can cope with a few a few swear words, can't you? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, look, he, he's very, look, he's very, he's curt with his words. Tenag, he's not mm, he's not very. much of a talker. He's to, he's yeah, very. He's to the point, and if he needs to drop an f bomb in there, so be it. And while we're talking about on the pitch stuff, uh, the best thing Ronaldo did today by miles, apart from sit quietly on the bench being good boy, was was greet Roy Keane and Gary Neville with hugs. Yeah, I did pitch side and just completely ignored Jamie Carragher, yeah, like he didn't exist. Good stuff. That was yeah. a beautiful <laughs> moment. Yeah, that was really funny. Keane was really. I, I don't think Keane knew he was there at first. He's like, because he had to go at David Jones for ignoring him. He's like, oh, you're just ignoring me. And then like he turned around and Ronaldo was there. But yeah, it was a lovely moment, actually, seeing Keane like that. And he also called him Ronaldo, which I thought was funny. 
<laughs> yeah. Look, I, I don't know where we move on from here, like, as a team. We've got Southampton away next. But I guess we'll, I mean, Dan will talk about that on Thursday, Thursday or Friday. But, but it, like, it just... And we could get carried away with one performance, mm-hmm. right? Like, we could have got carried away with pre-season where it all looked good for a couple <laughs> yeah. of games. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to learn... And uh, not say we're going to go to Southampton and smash them, but because it'll be very different when we're on the front foot and not. It's not about all the intensity of defending and the high fives mm-hmm. when you clear off the line and last minute blocks and all of that. Be a completely different game, but but well, at least we can move forward with some positivity. Yeah. Just just everything was negative. Protests. <laughs> I'm not saying it's negative to do the... i fully on board with the protests. Yeah. Although I never believed that anyone would not go into the ground. It's too big an ask. Mm-hmm. Especially <laughs> um, for this game as well. Fully on board with the protests. I want these owners out. I don't particularly want American private equity in, but it's, a, again, another discussion. But, you know, I just... Like, that is... That's negative. Everything around the transfer market and the summer business, negative. The, the change in... CEO and director of football hasn't produced different results. Negative, like a desperate last minute scramble in the transfer window with millions spent on aging players mm-hmm. feels a bit negative or could do. I mean, I know a lot of people very feel positive about that. Results negative. So it has been really negative mm-hmm. and just a big result against a, a big rival can change things around so quickly. Yeah. And I think I probably speak for a lot of people here, but it also. It has a negative impact on your day-to-day life, or it does on mine anyway. Like, yeah, it, like it. This, like, you have this almost like thing just hanging over you. You have friends who support other teams who are laughing at you. You're looking through Twitter, and everything you read is just negative, and people complaining, and 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 like you say about the Glazers and stuff, quite rightly. But it does have a, it does start to be a bit of a weight on your shoulders. So I feel like tonight is also a release of that. Like, it's just nice to have the positivity. And it also feels like, I think if we'd have lost badly tonight and it, it makes you think, oh, well, Ten Hag's not the man. So when who is going to be a man? When's the man going to arrive? What's the point of this season going to be? Whereas now we can have a bit of positivity for the rest of the year. Sure, we might go and lose to Southampton next week, but at least you can kind of point to this game and go, it is there. That kind of the blueprint for yeah. for for some kind of success is there. We can build on that, and yeah, it, it just makes you think a little bit more positively about what's to come, rather than yeah, another season wasted, another manager wasted, which I think. A lot of people might have been thinking after this game if it had gone badly. And I think, actually, some people were probably thinking that before this game as well. Not- yeah, well, yeah, for sure. Mm. It's hard not to get your, your head going there, honestly. Mm-hmm. I mean, might have been two games. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, if, if we'd lost today and at Southampton or something like that, and I know they're big, big what-ifs, but... Just immense pressure, immense pressure, and you, you can see the the way that the the owners react to stuff that's happening all the time, right? Negativity, so go out and spunk seventy million pounds on a player that absolutely was not, no way, ever <laughs> part of a transfer list, a list of names that they were going to go for in April when Ten Hag was appointed, or perhaps even last week. Mm-hmm. Right, because he was behind apparently Frankie de Jong and Adrian Rabiot in their yeah. pecking order. Yeah, 
Yeah. Why would you go? For, yeah. Why like, would you go for Rabio if you if you knew that Casemiro might be able to come? Oh, set, oh, just go for third yeah. choice Casemiro instead of yeah. Yeah, I like either points their absolute stupidity, mm. or it's it's all opportunistic mm-hmm. and there's no real plan. And anyway, so the owners point. The owners react to stuff and go out and spend money when before they were looking at like free transfers and Marco Anatovic as a cheapo. <laughs> so Ericsson freebie, Malassia uh, freebie and opportunistic. Martinez expensive, but opportunistic, I think, mm-hmm. because I, I don't know that he would. He In fact, we know he wasn't on the list of names recommended by the the transfer and recruitment department, mm-hmm. of which there is a big, big team now under John Myers mm-hmm. and Andy O'Brien. So... You know, again, opportunistic. It's like it's sticking plasters over axe wounds. Mm. It's polishing the turd. It's lipstick on the pig. And so we know that the the owners react. And this is why the Casemiro deal has been done. And nothing is actually going to change. Not that I'm not welcoming welcoming him for a season or two before inevitably his legs gives <laughs> out. And we're talking about £350,000 a week for a player mm. who can't really hack it in the Premier League. Mm. Anyway. My fear as well is that after a game like today, the Glazers will look at that and be like, oh, you're kind of fine then, aren't you? Well, we thought you, we yeah. thought everything was really, really bad. We've just got this 70 million guy. You've not even played him. You're just beating Liverpool. Actually, things aren't as bad as as we thought. Then for the next nine days, we'll just see nothingness in, in the transfer market again. Because like, we do not, we can't stop now. Like we, I think we still need the young. I think we still need a, an, an attacking player. I think, I'm surely Ronaldo is not going to stick about if he's only getting five minutes. So you can't rely on Elanga, Martial, Rashford, and Sancho for the whole season and Garnacho yeah. off the bench here and there. So we still need an attacker. Obviously, we're talking about that lad from Feyenoord, Capo, Cody Gapco. Gapo, yeah, yeah. Sorry. So yeah, we we can't stop now. Which, but. My feeling is that maybe we will now because that's kind of the glazer way. Like you say, they react. Yeah, well, exactly. We'll, we'll see. I mean, it, it struck me as utter madness, the thought that United might drop £100 million on Anthony. Talented as mm. he kind of looks with the ball, his output is well, well, well below that you'd expect of a hundred million pound player and moving from Eric Divisi to Premier League it'll drop further. Yep. You know, you talk about the Bundesliga tax. Uh-huh. Eric Divisi tax is severe and any metric you wanna you wanna go for on that, both in terms of quality of teams and, and the the quality that will be expected of him. So that seems like utter madness. Gakpo would be a lot cheaper, apparently. But, you know, hey, it's only madness if it doesn't work out and they don't bring to the team what we really need to, them to bring to the team and also if spending that money means money is not spent elsewhere because mm-hmm. still need another midfielder yeah. right yeah 100% still don't actually have a controller in midfield and that's the thing I think still we'll have to play the way we played tonight in order to win games I think I think we'll have to rely on Ericsson being that controller which Ericsson's obviously a very good player but he's not it's not the elite controller that we need to have at this team to to be successful. Like I think you, I think we saw in the second half his physicality really show showed up a little bit towards the end of the game. And yeah, there was, there was one bit where he was running after I think James Milner on the right hand side, and he was struggling to keep up with him. 
Like Ericsson's fantastic on the ball. <laughs> Don't laugh. Ericsson's fantastic on the ball, <laughs> but he's not the most physical. He lost a couple of headers as well in the box just because yeah. he's a bit lightweight and I think he's better further up the pitch. Whereas yeah, De Jong, yeah. De Jong is actually like he's quick along the ground. Like he's he's a little bit more physical than Ericsson and he's he's also just a better controller, obviously. So I think I mean in my I think you look at the transfer window, obviously all the, the problems that have happened, but if we somehow do end up getting Casemiro and De Jong in that midfield, you like, wow. We actually could yeah. do something here. All of a sudden, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Real Madrid and the Barcelona player uniting, uniting at last. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it doesn't look like De Jong's happening. No. For for whatever reason, he's just going to wait it out and wait for Barcelona to actually pay him the money that he's owed. For, for, and, and he wants to stay there, so all understandable. And he apparently had a good game the other night uh, in uh, Barcelona, one over the weekend. So not that I saw it, the, the, uh, but apparently he did. The very optimistic part of my brain is going, he'd have watched tonight and he'd be like yes I want to go there whereas the negative side is like nah, no yeah I mean to come back to Casemiro I know I started <laughs> off on a rant there out of the, totally out of context for the conversation we were having but I, I couldn't help feel just a bit like oh this is a PR exercise by the Glazers it's opportunistic mm. this isn't the man that they were thinking about his profile is completely different from De Jong's and from Rabiot's and greater player as he's been, he is he is he looks intense in a league that is generally not not in the same way. And his defensive output has been falling over. And he he still doesn't give to United what United really need, which is control in the middle. Now he he defends well within quite a narrow area of the pitch, and then gives it to someone else. If he's doing that and then giving it to Scott McTominay or Fred, <laughs> then the, the the problem is going to continue. Even if we'll be a bit more. De- de- defensively sound he's also quite slow mm. honestly the uh, yeah anyway i'm i'm focusing on his his two weaknesses which is the the his passing range and his defensive sorry his speed on the turn but there are two key things in the premier league or at least the speed on the turn is and it, the passing range is key because you know, don't have anyone else in midfield central midfield that can pass the ball yeah and i think that's why it's so important that we get a controller to sit beside him because It'll make him yeah. look so much better in the way that Modric and Cruz sitting next to him make him look so much better. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying that anyone can play beside Modric and Cruz, but they're so good that they will make that someone look better in the same way that he also makes them look better because he does all their dirty work for them. But yeah, but yeah that's absolutely. What, that's what absolutely. midfielders it's are. Balance, though, yeah, again, exactly. isn't it? You've got to complement yeah. each other. And, and like you say, if. Casemiro and McTominay are playing next to each other they won't look as good as if Casemiro and De Jong were played next to each other or even McTominay and De Jong next to each other De Jong would make yeah yeah or quite but like yeah it's it's all about complimentary complimenting each other though the weird thing is that Casemiro did say he loves playing beside Fred and I think there was a stat that I saw that they haven't lost a game for Brazil together yeah interesting I mean and they have played in the the pivot it, it is different, but they, I mean, they have played in a double pivot together. Yeah. And, and we know Fred can produce stuff further up the pitch. I mean, I'm not sure that I'd want him there ahead of Ericsson or Bruno, no. to be honest, further up the pitch if he's getting in their zone. Anyway, maybe Casemiro is the man to unlock Paul Pogba's potential. You know what? You joke, but <laughs> it probably would have been. It, might it be. probably would have been. <laughs> oh, man, let's not talk about that. 
Yeah, let's not. Let's just that uh, we can celebrate a victory <laughs> without without having a dig at Paul Pogba or or I don't know whether it was really Casemiro. Uh, he probably won't even. Be, I'm not sure he'll even be. In, ready in time for Southampton, given that they have to get a work permit through mm-hmm. and stuff. So we'll see. He, he's got until like midday on Friday to register. Otherwise, it might be whoever we're playing after that. And I can't remember that far ahead of time. Arsenal, I think. So is it Arsenal? Is it Arsenal after Southampton? I think mm. so. Yeah. Talking of it being crap, being a United fan and people taking the piss. I have someone at my work who takes the piss quite a lot. <laughs> quite a lot. I'm thoroughly looking forward to and or dreading that Arsenal game. Mm. So. They've looked good so far. They have. Mm. But you know who looked good tonight? Yeah. Manchester United. We're back. That's who looked good tonight. We're back, baby. <laughs> Sign the We've contract. We've in the last 10 years. <laughs> yeah. Give Ten Hag a 10-year extension. Absolutely. Give him a statue. Was that Gary Neville who said it? Yeah, he said, where do you want your statue building? That was the worst accent <laughs> I didn't sound anything like Gary Neville, but yeah, it just sound like a bloke. Uh, it just sound like me, actually. All right, well, this was great. It was thoroughly enjoyable. Thoroughly enjoyable. Liverpool are below us in the table. Talk about a crisis club. United are on the way up. We hope. Maybe even by the time we speak next, United will assign De Jong, Anthony, Gakpo, Pele, George <laughs> Best, all of them. And also, the last time we lost yeah. two games at the start of the season, we won the league. So, just saying. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, to that point, talking about league title, and I don't want to be too hyperbolic here. Liverpool, two points out of nine, in where 90-odd is what you need mm-hmm. to win. Might be gone already. Yeah. No. Genuinely, yeah. I know it's only three games in, but but drop. But that is seven points dropped. They hadn't lost a game this this calendar year, and you think about that running that they had towards the end of the season. I think they what did they drop two points? They they dropped points in two games in about right fifteen or something. Like yeah, it really is. Could be the end for them, to be honest. Like because you feel like they've got to go on a massive winning streak, whereas they've got a lot of injuries. They didn't look very good today. I think that is maybe something to point out. Like we, are, For all United's qualities today, Liverpool were off it. They weren't at their intense best. Obviously had some injuries, but yeah, it's it's beautiful times to watch Liverpool a bit like this. There was like that time in COVID where they were just absolutely horrendous. That was beautiful. Yes, it's we've had plenty of Schadenfreude directed at us, so we can enjoy a bit directed. Yeah, at them. why not? Can't for we? One night only, uh, at least. Anyway, yeah, yeah, for one, exactly. Enjoy it when you can get it. We'll, I guess, we'll leave it there. Backers, no backers content this week, but we are going to do another pod later in the week. And everyone else, thanks for listening. Really appreciate it. <laughs>